0: Hey, what's up? It's Sonia Chu here with you, and welcome to another episode of Men Explain. To our repeat viewers, thank you so much for being with us and for following us on this journey. Um, I want to say a big welcome to our new viewers and listeners as well. Men Explain is basically a podcast where we dissect the male perspective. And I always like to say this as doing my sisters a favour because sometimes we really don't know what they're thinking, what goes on in their heads. For today's topic, we have a very special guest who will give us a very different but important and essential perspective, I would say. And today's topic is Gender Discrimination and Cultural Sexism. Please welcome Chris! Hi. Hey, tell us a bit more about yourself, Chris.
1: Hi, my name is uh, Christopher. My pronouns are he and him, and I am a trans man. Um, I'm also a documentary filmmaker and a human rights advocate.
0: So, um, tell me about your journey maybe. Just for the benefit of our audience too listening in today, um, Chris and I actually go way back 10 years ago, I think we were in school, right? 10 years, more than 10 years. It's been a crazy ride. And we were having this conversation prior to the camera started rolling mm. about how you identified yourself as uh, a man mm. for quite some time already, right? Since yep. I guess you were yeah. very young. Yep. Um, but in the beginning stages of school, when I knew you, in poly especially, you still uh, were referred to as her. Yep. And then after that, you had a transition phase. So maybe can you tell us a little bit more about that process?
1: Okay, so if we go way back in the story, I knew that I was a boy when I was five years old, even though I had been assigned by doctors as female yeah. at birth. But I only really knew the word transgender when I was 16, because of Wikipedia, bless Wikipedia, uh, when somebody asked me to look up the phrase LGBT. Prior to this, I only knew that I didn't identify as L- uh, lesbian, mm. which was the term that was most often used to refer to masculine, people who are assigned female at birth, yes. before trans became you know, part of the popular mm. understanding. Mm. So that when that was sixteen and sixteen is the year where you do O levels just before you go into Poly. What was interesting about that is that I wanna say one of the reasons I went to Poly maybe was that I don't even wear uniform. That's gender. True, yeah. yes, yes. And during poly, I think, I mean, I was already presenting very masculine mm. in terms of my dressing, hairstyles. Towards the end, then I remember starting to come out to some people saying that I was a trans person, and then people started to be like, bro, bro, because FMS, right. right? So everybody's yeah. like
0: <laughs> everyone is bro, in <laughs> Bro, feel my media school, okay, yeah.
1: So but 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 very affirming, very welcoming yes. space. And I think that gave me confidence also to sort of like come out as trans. Mm. So between Graduating from poly and entering uni was about maybe a period of five or six months. I feel like it was five or six months. And during that time, it was when I started uh, hormone therapy. Okay, That's testosterone for me, meaning that my voice was starting to drop. And people always wonder if I was sick, which I wasn't. I was just on uh, hormone therapy. And so when I went into uni, I'm sure you remember this. Because there's a gap of two years if you go to national service, you come out to university. So when I went in, I was the only guy who was 19, not 20, Mm. 20? We were 20.
0: Yeah, we were 20. 20? 20, 21 maybe? I don't know. My it's God. a distant memory, you guys. Like. <laughs> we all know. Yeah, we all. <laughs> yeah.
1: So what was interesting is that the girls that I had gone to poly with yes. were my classmates now, so yes. they still knew me as female. Yeah. But the guys that had come in after national service did know me before yeah. entering uni.
0: Brand new friendships. Exactly, yeah, and, and yeah.
1: they were like, "Oh, this is clearly a male." Yeah. And so that was interesting for a while because um, there was a period of time where nobody knew whether to refer to me as he or she. Right. But. Because I was able to come out to our lecturers, who yeah. were, I would say, lar- largely very, very affirming.
0: Yes, they were wonderful, yeah, wonderful. lecturers, yeah.
1: And because yeah. of them being like, oh, we're going to call you Christopher, we're going to yes. refer to you with he, him pronouns, very naturally the whole cohort started to refer Followed to me as yeah. 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 And I think that, that trickle down effect was a very important part of why I was able to gain confidence and mm. sort of like, come up even more publicly.
0: It sounds like you had quite a smoothish ride in mm. terms of you know, the experience with your classmates, the you know, lecturers and stuff like that. Would you say that was the case largely, or I would say were so. there moments where it, it was uncomfortable or people didn't know how to address the situation?:
1: I would think it's less about people's acceptance, mm. at least at the early stages. You sort of have these notions of what coming out is going to be like, and you hear all these horror stories of people who suffer very much because they're coming out. And it's true even now, especially in government schools, mm. that trans people are suffering because there are certain people who have differing opinions or have certain powers that allow them to sort of say, oh, you can't wear a skirt to school or you can't wear pants to school. But I think that was not the case for me. Mm. I think I'm very lucky to have chosen this industry also, I think.
0: Yes, I know what you mean.
1: Which makes a lot of, uh, gave a lot of room for uh, me to explore and people would just be like, cool, rather than be like, (laughs) what are you doing? Right, yeah. I think that was also part of the reason why my journey felt so smooth.
0: That's great, but you know, I think for you know, a, a lot of other people out there, they may not have had an equally smooth ride mm. or an experience. Maybe mm. even if you're watching this right now, perhaps you're having a tough time too. So maybe you can share with us a thing or two, like what can we do, even as classmates, even though we weren't that close back then when mm. we were in school, what can we do to really just show that we want to learn more, we want to educate ourselves more, what can we do to be better?
1: So the interesting thing is that I think back then which was also 10 years ago yeah. right? information was not as readily available as it is now yeah. and I think a lot of the education or sharing that I did in my position back then is very designed to make sure that you guys had a better understanding based on what I knew mm. versus nowadays where you can basically go on the internet and run a Google search yeah. what is transgender what's the right way to refer to them and immediately sort of like get this um, a whole bunch of resources that people have been working on for many years I bring this up because I think nowadays there's sort of like this conversation about are the allies learning fast enough mm. and I think there is something to be said on both sides where one is am I allowing the space for allies to make mistakes and grow and learn as a mm. trans person? And then on the other side is, as an ally, am I doing enough of my own work so that the labour doesn't fall on the trans person to tell me every single correction that I need to make? Mm. And I think that line becomes clearer when the intention on both sides is perceived to be, the, Good the intention is to build the bridge, to make that connect, rather than yelling at each other, saying, why aren't you doing enough or what more must I need to do, you know, mm. that sort of thing. Yeah, so to tie it back to the question that you had, I think that having that curiosity is very important. But having the recognition that this is a issue that you as an ally can affect, right, just by virtue of being present. It's also why Dot has an event asking people to light up and support, right? It's because mm-hmm. even having that visibility, you saying I am an ally, makes a lot of difference to somebody who is thinking about coming out, even if they're not ready to do so yet. Mm. And then the second aspect was the education, yeah. which is, I can't just say that I'm an ally, I need to put my money where my mouth is. Yeah, or
0: yeah. well, you need to put your words into action, basically, yeah, and that is educate yourself, learn more, and yes. stuff like that, right? No, I have to say, I mean, and I, I want to openly admit as well, like, coming into this podcast, I was also a bit apprehensive, and um, I think I was a little anxious too, because... I feel like i may not be doing enough to mm. like learn a little bit more especially because we also didn't get the opportunity to get too close in school mm. and you know we just weren't you know weren't in the same social circles or running in the same social circles so i really hope that i don't know i didn't offend you at any point or like you know come across as insensitive or i didn't put enough effort to like learn a little bit more did i no I, I, okay to be really honest <laughs> yeah. i didn't
1: think any of uh, and certainly not you or anyone else in our yeah. batch was had any sort of like malicious intent yeah i think this goes back to 10 years thing because I think is,
0: is there a story around that no you know? no okay.
1: uh, I, I really think that just 10 years ago information was just not as readily yeah. accessible and if I wanted people to understand also maybe it's because like the filmmaker thing right yeah, 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 people yeah. are like I want to tell you my yeah, story Yeah, 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 yeah. so then you have control <laughs> of the narrative um, so that you can present a certain image or a certain yeah. and at that time I felt it was very important that trans people were not just seen as like a um, butt of jokes I use this example a lot because until like the early or even now in television the yeah only trans people you see yeah. are the, the butt of jokes, right? The beautiful woman from behind Understand, and she turns yeah. around. And, yeah.
0: The portrayal of it is yeah, just, exactly. Yeah, I would say, outdated as well, right? Absolutely. It's taking us back like 20, 30
1: years or so. Or just staying in the place we were 20 or 30 That's years true, ago. That's yeah. true, yeah. Either way
0: of seeing it. And I wanted to ask as well, you know, because earlier on, before we started rolling too, mm. we had this lengthy conversation about sexual orientation mm-hmm. and gender. So sexual orientation, is that dependent on the gender that you identify with?
1: Yes Yes Okay so I think An easy way to understand it, And some people Conflate these two And mm. I guess it doesn't help That LGBT is the acronym yeah. Where you have LGB which is a referring To sexual orientations And then you have T which is referring To a gender identity yeah. So uh, most people Are cisgender Which means that Their sex assigned By the doctor at mm. birth Aligns with how They identify gender wise yeah. So in your case perhaps Not, not to make any assumptions mm-hmm. But yes. if you are Assigned female at birth And you identify as a woman Then you would be cisgender Mm. In my case, even though I was assigned female at birth, I identify as a man, right? So I am trans, Mm. right? So that's cis and trans. And on that identification, so what. Am I? Or what are you? Mm. Who are you? Because you are female, your sexual orientation is tied to that identification. Yeah. So in my case, I'm male, so that w- my will be tied to that. And if you are female and attracted to other people who identify as male, or if you're attracted to both people who identify as male and female, then you would be straight or bisexual. So it's all contingent on the starting point, yeah. which is the fact that you identify as female. Yeah. Um, and I think that's the difference between sexual orientation and gender identity. Yeah, and, and why it's has, contingent on each other.
0: Yeah, but I can understand why people get confused about it, right? You know, Maybe even not understanding uh, the true meaning behind sexual orientation, or understanding the meaning mm. behind that versus gender. So have you ever come across a situation where people made assumptions about you, for example, and your sexual orientation, mm. and how did you address that?
1: So growing up, the one thing that was very clear to me, mm. even though I didn't know what transgender was, yeah was that I, was, I started being attracted to people who identify as female at a very young age. Yeah. And because other people knew that, they always assumed that I was lesbian. Mm specifically butch-lesbian.
0: Yes, I know. I grew up in a girls' school and it was just everyone was storing that around as well, right? Yeah.
1: Because they see the gender, then they see the gender presentation. Yeah. So that's assigned female birth, the gender presentation, which is more masculine, so they already assume you are butch-lesbian because you're attracted to people of the same perceived, you know, sex. Yeah. And I think that that was what I contended with very early on. Mm. But I never identified with that label. Mm. So I didn't have that. There are many trans men who identify as lesbian first and then realise, oh, actually, my gender identity is male, therefore... I'm not lesbian. I'm just a straight trans man. Yes. And then uh, later, as I saw, like got more settled into my identity. A lot of people assume that all trans men must be straight mm-hmm. because there is this misconception mm. that trans men transition mm-hmm. to make straight women like them, right, which is okay. not true. Right. Right. Because you transition to physically transition, I should say, match your physical body closer to the image of that you have of yourself, and that relieves. A lot of mental stress.
0: Basically, what you identify with. Correct. Right. Yeah.
1: So there are actually many trans men who identify as gay. Okay. Meaning they are assigned female at birth, gender identity is male, so that's trans men yeah. right? And then they are attracted exclusively to other people who identify as male. Mm. So that's a gay trans man, yeah. and that's actually also very common. Oh. Okay. Yeah. I, I don't. I want to say very common, but yeah. it definitely exists. And it's they don't transition because they want to attract a straight woman or a gay yes, man. Yes,
0: I understand what yeah. you mean, yes. I mean, I don't know if you follow Nikita... Dragon on social media, do you?
1: No. Oh,
0: okay. So, <laughs> it's basically very makeup centric. It's right, an right. account that's Isn't very makeup. Nick, no. no. Certain things that you said were being addressed because the reason why she was very frustrated as a trans woman is that a lot of people kept saying, like, oh, you do this and you trick men into uh, liking you. Or, you know, they use the word trick and no. all these kind of words that are very hurtful, I would say. And, you know, I don't know if it's too personal to ask, but has anyone ever? Assumed that of you before and said very hurtful things right in your
1: face. I'm very lucky that the only thing I can think of is every time people ask me, "Hey, how come you never go national service?"
0: (laughs) Okay. So I'm very. What do you um, say to that? Then (laughs) I say
1: I got medical condition. Okay, Okay. Uh, that was early on, or or I would just come out as trans. I think I my persona Mm. like I'm quite public about everything. So generally, I just I I come from the place where I assume people know. And then if they don't know, it's like, whether do I want to explain...
0: Like, st- the whole story? Yeah. <laughs> or like, yeah. how do you want to portray it to somebody I mean, it kind of med- is
1: a medical condition. Right, Yeah, right. It is... Uh, okay, it's. I want to be very clear. It's not a medical illness in yeah. any way. It's not a disease. Yeah. But it is something that can be relieved by the use of certain medicines, mm. right? Uh, which, in my case, would be uh, certain treatments like hormone therapy and mm. surgeries. Now they're about to release a new definition of um, what it means to be trans Mm -hmm. um, and that will be filed under sexual health. Okay. rather than mental health right. because this is okay, the International Classification of Diseases which yes. will be implemented in 2022 okay. in Singapore uh, used to classify being trans, so gender... I think it was at the time it was called gender dysphoria ah, okay. They used to classify okay. it as a mental health issue
0: I see But okay.
1: in 2022, mm. it will be classified as a sexual health issue mm. because it's more regarding the sex than it yeah. is the mind Yeah. Um, and it will be now referred to as gender incongruence mm which is I think for the advocates uh, around the world who want to demedicalize it, so it's no longer seen as a
0: medical condition, as an illness, right? Yeah. Illness, yeah. Yeah.
1: So then that was a that was a very big step.
0: Yeah, I think that's good. I mean, it is a good step, right? It is a good step a good as well. Step. So we're gonna then um, move towards cultural sexism, which okay. is something that we also want to address uh, today okay. in our next segment too. Now, according to Bristol University, it is a gendered power that is circulated and embedded within our society that favors masculinity. Mm. So, um, being very open about this, you've been on both sides. Mm. right? Is that that safe to say? Is that okay to say? I would say say so. I would say so. How were your experiences in that sense?
1: Okay, so what's interesting about this is that while I spoke a lot earlier Mm. about how like I didn't really have to pull between whether I was male or female, Mm. the truth is when society looked at me, Mm. they would always perceive the gender that they wanted to perceive. So I think for, I would say before I started to physically transition, Mm. maybe even a little bit after, there's a lot of that conditioning that you would undergo by society as somebody who is assigned female at birth, right? I was also from a girl's school I see um, Back okay. in the day yeah. So you must act the meal. My expectations you cross you your legs a certain a, way yeah,
0: yeah. The ironic thing is that Everyone in girl's school Don't cross their legs a certain
1: way <laughs> <laughs> They, they will see your, your coffee like shop this. open uh,
0: <laughs> Back
1: then. So I think uh, there was also what I carried as a member of the church, yeah. which was that golly woman must behave a certain way, mm. must must defer to your husband. Uh-huh. Husband makes the decisions.
0: Yes. Yes. Okay. <laughs> anyway, so the list so, goes on. The list goes, the list goes on um, yeah.
1: because the society, like you said, is yes. fundamentally favouring masculinity or yeah. gives them more rights and privileges by virtue of their sex assignment at birth. Yes. And I think that that was conditioning rather than actual suffering. Mm. It wasn't like, you are a woman, go and clean the floor. Right, like right. You know, I didn't have that. Um, maybe it helped that I was the eldest. I think my sister got quite a bit of it. <laughs>
0: okay, uh,
1: okay. Like, you're you the just second. In of the
0: hierarchy, you already, you already win la. Yeah, 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 <laughs> okay. yeah. But
1: then my brother was the youngest didn't have to do any of that. Right. So, okay. so it was like, oh, this is clearly sexism. <laughs> so that was uh, being conditioned that way. But what was interesting is that crossing over to the other side, uh, when I started to be able to more outwardly express masculinity, I ironically became the people that I hated. Oh. So what that means is because you are putting so much focus on what it means to act like a man in comparison to women and how you treat women, right? You overperform masculinity. I see. And this presents itself in like this real strong perception that women are lesser than. And then in my church lens, I've actually said to a room of lesbians before, Uh In the future, my wife will have to listen to me because I'm the man. Right, Horrible. Right. I'm sorry, if any of you are watching this, I apologise. I was very young.
0: Did you Did you sort of immediately apologise? No, I didn't. You, you realised upon reflection after that. That's
1: right, because at okay. the time, I think I was only 17 or 18 years old, I was trying to reconcile my gender identity yes. with my religion. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so I went for like this course that would teach you why the Bible actually doesn't say that uh, homosexuality is wrong. Yeah. And of course, in this room of like 10, 11, mm. 12 lesbians, yeah. I was like, I'm the man. So my opinion yeah, yeah, yeah. is more important. Okay. And like years down the road, you're like, oh my God, I was such a garbage person. <laughs>
0: like, oh my God, I said that. I said that, yeah.
1: And But then it's like, you don't even know who they are anymore. Yeah, you can't yeah. even apologize, right? Yeah. So yeah, but that was also like an on-reflection thing. Mm. And what was interesting is that I realized why I did that. It's because society tells you that men need to behave a certain way. Mm. And if you don't behave that certain way, you are less man. Mm. And for somebody who is trans, you're already struggling with trying to convince society that you are man. Yeah. Then you do these things to an even greater extent to prove that you really are men. To
0: overcompensate exactly. almost in a way exactly
1: right. And it happens throughout the trans man community. Mm. Mm. You know, like the sex jokes about yeah. like boobs. Yeah. Or you know that kind of thing it happens.
0: Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
1: I would think what's surprising is that a lot of people think that because you have been on both sides, you would be more sensitive to the sufferings of somebody who is assigned female yeah. at birth. But that is sorry, not just assigned female at birth, but even like yeah. trans women, right? Anybody who is perceived as female or less than in society yeah. because you know, hierarchy. But that's yeah. not true. It's almost, sometimes it almost becomes like I'm shedding, I'm putting so much effort into shedding this mm. part of my identity that I'm even worse than yeah. uh, basically the most privileged of society. Like. You yeah. want to be like them, so you do all the things that they do but worse to prove that is this child.
0: So, So do you then think that, say trans men and cis men have many differences or in the way they think, is there a major difference between the two?
1: I don't know if there's a difference necessarily in the way that they think that is related to the fact that they are trans or cis. Mm. Um, I think a lot of this like thinking stuff is also like conditioned by a lot of other-
0: Society and- Yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Yeah. Intersectional areas. including yeah. culture, race, religion, class.
0: Okay, I guess it's time for me to do a bit of sharing as well because you know you've been sharing a lot too. And since we're on the topic of like cultural sexism as well, you know, it, like you said in our industry, it's an interesting industry because I feel like we're a lot more open in a sense. Like we talk about a lot of things. You know, that just the nature of our job as well. Growing up, we went to school with a lot of different people, conversations. You know, we had so many different types of uh, people that we were exposed to. That when I came into this industry as well and I started doing what I. What I did. One of the things that stuck with me for quite a long time actually came from a fellow colleague. Um, he's no longer. I mean, he's no longer within the company, but it was just, you know, a peer. We were chatting about, you know, uh, my start in the career, start in the industry, and all that, and and he was like, oh yeah, yeah, you'll make it very far only because you're a girl. Like he literally just said it like that, and I just was kind of shocked because I didn't expect that from someone that I looked up to at the point in time. So I was like, oh, what, what, what do you mean by that? You know? And he was like, oh, it's just easier for you lah, cause pretty girl, what pretty girl should make it one. Then I was like, that's kind of offensive, you know, because I feel like in general, it discredits the hard work that I put in, for example. I might have put in the same amount of work that a fellow male colleague put in, or perhaps, you know, I put in more effort. I don't know, whichever way he sees it. But that kind of stuck with me for a very long time, because I think at the end of the day, you don't want to just be considered like, oh, you're successful because you're a girl or because it's easier for you to get jobs because mm. you can dress a certain way or like do a certain thing. I think that was one of my early experiences with that. Yeah.
1: Actually, no, something interesting that I read uh, just the other day yeah. was that, uh, I mm. think it was a Tumblr post. Of course it was Tumblr. Yes. So woke.
0: You're <laughs> still on Tumblr. <laughs> yeah, no, no now these
1: people screenshot Tumblr and put on Facebook oh, is or Twitter. It?
0: I was okay.
1: okay, so the Tumblr post was, why do we blame the women mm. who are playing the game mm. That are set by executive men. True, true. And it's so it's so funny because I thought of that the minute you said, "Oh, because you're a pretty girl, you'll go yeah. far." I'm like, "Who's giving you these opportunities yeah, yeah, yeah. just because you're a pretty girl?" <laughs> if um, and of course you are, not like. Oh, thanks, thanks, thanks. Of course, of course, of course, course.
0: I never say, I never say it myself. <laughs> that no, colleagues said it. <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah, but the fact that the structures are not built by women, honestly, largely they're not built by women. We've seen this happen time and time again mm. in all aspects, especially the media. Actually, like yeah. the Weinstein's, the yeah. and all these like men who are established figures mm. in industries and power, they basically set the entire culture for their organisation. Yeah.
0: Right? It starts um, somewhere every so, absolutely,
1: yeah. absolutely. And yeah. somehow you blame the people who are stuck in the system, yeah. which just doesn't make any sense. Mm. Because the rod starts at the top. right?
0: Yeah. I totally agree with that. I mean, even on a side note as well, like when I said that I was dating somebody, I mean a little bit older, about 13, 14 years older, guess what the first reactions were online? Towards me, not towards him.
1: Sh- Sugar, baby,
0: Yeah! Almost! <laughs> it was like, oh, gold digger, oh. looking for a sugar daddy, or just want a, a, a rich older person to take care of you. I'm like, where are, they, where are they getting all these assumptions from? You know what I mean? It was offensive. I mean, you know, but my, my boyfriend was just like, don't care about it, you know, just ignore. About it. But I'm like, yeah, but this is upsetting to see that society thinks of it this way to some extent as well, right? So yeah, thank you for sharing. Um, we have a bunch of questions right now that we are supposed to react to. Okay. Or rather a bunch of statements, okay, okay, for us to react to. And you can say you agree, disagree, Physical or you can, <laughs> you can choose whatever <laughs> you want to do. <laughs> First statement is, don't teach your daughters how to dress, teach your son not to rape. Agree or disagree? 100% agree. I agree as well. Because I'm quite sick of seeing, you know, a lot of comments in, uh, in the comment section going like, "Oh yeah, she asked for it, work Because she dressed, I mean, she wore a crop top, then she asked for it." I don't know. Just an example, you know what I mean?
1: I think when we say something that blames the victim mm. in this in this case. It almost like takes away the fact that the person who is doing the action, Mm. the violent action of raping, is actually the person who is not able to control their behaviour. I mean, it's 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 oh my god, where do we even begin? It's so.
0: (laughs) I know. It it takes away the gravity of the situation. Absolutely, absolutely.
1: It doesn't matter what you wear. If somebody is going to be violent towards you, they are going to be violent. Then clearly, the problem is not with the victim. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Next statement, mothers, unlike fathers, are natural and better caretakers. Fathers should not get child custody in a divorce or separation. I disagree with that actually.
1: I definitely disagree. Fundamentally, I have problems with the word natural caregivers. I don't think anything is based on your gender. Mm. And I think the whole idea that there are things that are tied to your gender that make it more natural for you to do something is fundamentally bullshit.
0: Yeah, I I get where you're coming from. Okay, the third statement is women are unsuitable to be leaders, they are too emotional.
1: Oh, I I completely disagree disagree. with that. Also because I think men are arguably infinitely more emotional than women. Is that right? I I mean, I don't think emotional control is based on your gender in the first place, which was the whole thing that I said earlier. But I think uh, women are also taught to control their emotions. Especially like culturally, right? They're conditioned to to not respond with emotion mm-hmm. against like a man. Like the man is allowed to be as angry as he wants right. to be.
0: And you're just supposed to be docile and take it or whatever. So
1: it's completely opposite yeah. from what they're telling you, but then they're also telling you this it's gaslighting.
0: Yeah.
1: Gaslighting.
0: <laughs> we went one round and we like <laughs> finally realized. <laughs> okay, the next one is men who display poor mental health or mental illnesses are emasculated.
1: Hmm. So many parts to this statement. Mm. The first is I don't think having a mental health issue is a bad thing necessarily. Mm. Like, it's not something that should be condemned, it's not something that should be seen as makes as you lesser than, yeah. absolutely. So whether it's men or women, I think a lot of people who have some sort of mental illness are seen as less functional than mm. somebody who doesn't, and I don't think that is true. So yeah. that's the mental health part. Yeah. Um, I do think many men do think this, Yes. because we have this whole culture of like, I need to be perfect, I need to behave in a certain way, need to not have depression, yeah. you know so that I can be the perfect man so that everybody can look up to me. Yeah. Which I don't think, I don't know if it's emasculation necessarily.
0: I think, you know, well, in a conversation that I had with um, a therapist that I used to see, he was saying sometimes it's very hard, like especially in couples counselling, to get the husband or the boyfriend to come along because they see going for counselling or therapy as something very weak or something they don't need. They're like, why, why do I need to come for this? I can just sort it out. Like, you know, it's just talking about my feelings. Why do I need to talk about my feelings? So I don't know whether it's that perception as well and they don't want to openly say like, oh yeah, I went for therapy. Perhaps, hopefully, this is changing um, because I feel like more and more people are seeing counselling and therapy as something that is part of our day-to-day lives, you know? It just is a way to check in with yourself to improve your relationships as well. Mm. Would you agree with that?
1: Absolutely. So actually, that reminded me of something that I recently read, Mm. which is that men are just distant from their emotions because they feel that they're only allowed to feel two things. Mm. One is happiness and the other one is anger. But there's no, there's no sadness, you're not yeah. allowed to be sad, you're not allowed to have nuances to your emotions, yeah. it's just I'm happy or I'm angry. Yeah. And I think that is causing depression yeah. So ironically, it's causing mental illness. Exactly. Then it compounds because you think your mental illness makes you weak, then you're just angry at yourself.
0: <laughs> and then here we are back at square one, <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, basically.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Yeah. Okay, next statement is, men should make the first move when dating a female or else he would be seen as having no guts or not in control. Actually I made the first move I think <laughs>
1: when it came
0: to like some of my boyfriends I would say
1: good Personally, yeah. I think it's very attractive mm. if a woman makes the first move, yeah. or you know, at least shows like very explicit interest. It's like mm. I'm, I, I, think you're very cute or whatever. Mm-hmm. That's you know, yeah,
0: go just out. get like, straight to the point.
1: Exactly, basically. exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Because there shouldn't be this like power imbalance. I cannot lah. Tell me the yeah. first move. Just gonna
0: wait. I'm just gonna wait. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> okay.
1: How how will we know? <laughs> how will we know if you like somebody? Just go for it la. She I-
0: bettered her eyes twice. <laughs> you should know. <laughs> Kidding, I, kidding. I,
1: people need to be very direct with me. <laughs> yeah, okay? yeah, yes. And yes. I, I'm not going to make assumptions about how right. you feel because you better your eyes yes, twice. Yes, yes, exactly. Uh, and I think that assumption is also very difficult to live up to sometimes. Yeah. Because there is a fear of mm. rejection. Everybody has a fear yeah. of rejection, right? Yeah. Why should the burden be placed exclusively on men? Yeah. And this is not to say that they are weaker in any way or mm. what, right? There shouldn't be that expectation like, that yeah. he, I will bet my eyelids until he likes me a yeah, bit yeah, more yeah, to like. ask me.
0: <laughs> <laughs> Which also brings me to um, the topic of proposals, right? Mm. Like girls kind of just always expect the man or the boyfriend to propose, or the partner to propose, right? Mm. Do you think that's also the case? Like everyone's just like, okay, I can't propose to my partner. like I I have to wait. Like if I'm the girl,
1: I think that's popular culture. Yeah. But also because I work with the LGBTQ community, yeah. right? Who is the man?
0: Yeah. <laughs> right?
1: Okay. okay. So in that scenario, there's no expectation yeah. of one partner being the one to propose. Mm. And I think that that also, if you look at it that way, it's like it's never a gendered expectation, or oh, it shouldn't be a gendered expectation. Only the straight people are very obsessed with this like man must to woman because of what we see in the movies. Of for course. Example. But I think what was interesting is that I've seen a lot of proposals where both partners usually in gay or lesbian couples. Mm-hmm. Both partners prepare the rings. Oh. Then so one person turns first and the other oh. is like, What are you doing? I also forcing out enough. So you have two people on their knees with two rings and oh, you're great.
0: like everyone has a ring. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly.
1: And I think I think that also just made me realise how arbitrary the idea of who is the partner that should propose yeah. really is. Yeah. If I wanna marry you then say it. Yeah. It doesn't really matter whether I really want him to propose to me. Yeah yeah yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs>
0: it's all advertising, marketing, what Absolutely. we see. What we see in the media, to be honest. Okay. The next statement is women have to choose between motherhood and a career. I disagree with that.
1: I completely disagree with that as well. Mm. But I just had a thought, mm. which is it's trickle-down effects, no? Mm. Your government wants you to stay home and be pregnant. Mm-hmm. BTO at 20. Right. When you're in university, you don't have an income. I mean, all our policies are basically driven in that direction, right? When you give them a big discount because mm. you have children. Make it they're... attractive, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I, I think that's perpetuated by uh, higher powers as well. Mm. But there are so many ways to have a career and.
0: Yeah, we know so many successful moms, uh, you know, out there as well, who are juggling both and they're doing it perfectly. So respect to you.
1: I think a big thing here to take note of as well, is the fact that men should share in the load of mm. caregiving. Mm. It should not be the woman is the mom, So she takes care of all the babies. So the only thing I do is come home from work, and put my legs and on right, the desk. Yeah. Uh, and then she cooks and she cleans. And then she thinks about the groceries. I did, isn't there some On The Red Dot show happening now?
0: <laughs> about this. About this. I was so... Uh, I was so topic. mad
1: he was like he i don't know how to wash a potato i'm like how old are you you oh don't know how God. to wash a potato <laughs> was
0: it specifically a potato it was
1: i, I think it was some sort of vegetable he was trying <laughs> okay. to for his kids it, basically the idea was the mums go on staycation yeah 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 yeah. and then and the then the chaos the ensues kids. like basically yeah, yeah, yeah and then i saw the the one of the mums went off the bungee bungee jumping right it's yeah bungee jumping yeah 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 and it was the most peaceful she looked the entire show
0: wow really <laughs>
1: Yeah, but the the funny thing is that we almost like make a comedy out of it because that is what we think life should look like yeah. but it shouldn't be yeah. why shouldn't we expect more from our partners whether you know whatever where they are to share in the load of taking care of children mm. why should the onus be on only one member to do that I think that,
0: it's it's always labor? like it goes back to expectations and you know our society as well because like what we see with our parents and grandparents or oh, our dad or granddad they're the ones that go out there they're the sole breadwinners mm. right and then you see you know the, the lady of the house taking care of all the you know The home stuff and all that So that just We fill into that role I guess You see it as it is And then as we grow up We also kind of realise that Maybe subconsciously We fill up that role Mm. Mm. Okay Next statement is Men must wear the pants In the relationship And make the major decisions I disagree.
1: (laughs) There's a lot of disagree statements. Yeah, there's a lot of disagree.
0: Is there any statement that we agree to?
1: I think the very first one we agree to. Oh yeah,
0: okay. That's the only
1: one we agree to. (laughs) Everything else is like, No, No. what are you talking about? No. (laughs) No. I think the whole idea that men have more authority, that just is ridiculous. Yeah.
0: Women are meant to look good and men are meant to be successful in their careers. Disagree with that. Nowadays, especially in this day and age, there's so many successful women out there holding great positions in their companies, making change, most importantly, out there in the world, right? And are
1: beautiful also.
0: Exactly, at the same time. So before we wrap things up, Chris, anything else that you would like to add on?
1: I think throughout this conversation, we talked about gender, we talked about gender identity, we talked about sexual orientation. And I think it's important to remember that these are just some aspects of somebody's life and they interweave with each other and that affects how you are perceived by society and the privileges that society affords to you. So for example, my privileges because I'm perceived as male are very different from when I was perceived as female. Yeah. And I think this applies across the entire spectrum, including race, religion, gender, gender identity, sexual orientation, class, mm. uh, a bunch of other things. Mm. Um, and it's important to recognise that these intersectionalities are where we can pay more attention to when we acknowledge our own uh, privileges and other people's, you know, places where they may be discriminated against.
0: Well, Chris, thank you so much for sharing because I have to admit that I have been schooled today. Like, for reals. Um, My main takeaway from this is that I realise also how ignorant a lot of us can be and perhaps we're not putting enough effort as well to educate ourselves. So I think my main takeaway is really to be kinder to each other, to have a bit more understanding as well. It really doesn't take much effort to do a little bit of reading every day or just have conversations with your friends, with your family. Perhaps, say, even with our parents, you know, sometimes they don't know as well. They don't realise that they're saying something offensive or hurtful. And I think it's really also up to us. When we educate ourselves and we share it with other people, I think that's generally where it starts from. Like we say, always start somewhere right so hopefully it starts with you tuning in right now thank you so much for listening to this episode of men explain if you like this episode please hit the follow button we're available on spotify and apple podcasts also follow us at itsclarity.co on instagram and facebook for more content like this and we'll see you next time